Can changing your corner of the universe change the world? We think so. You've heard the quote, be the change you want to see in the world. But what does that look like? This is where we meet the people that are walking that out. One person, one idea, one decision at a time. Here's Vaden and Rex. Welcome to another episode of My Corner of the Universe podcast with Vaden and Rex. Today we have the pleasure of interviewing Derek Scott with USIAHT.org. stands for U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking. Um, just a powerful, powerful conversation, a tough conversation to have. Really tough. Throughout this whole podcast, and Rex, I don't know if you agree too, I mean, the question came up multiple times of, if this is something that's happening everywhere, I mean, not just Eastern Europe, not just Mexico, not just Asia, I mean, in the U.S., most likely in your city that you live in, how come it's not on the news? How come nobody talks about it? And that's a big thing that came up. You know, this is America's right. dirty secret. Yeah, it it's a, one of those things that's really tough to talk about. I mean, there was points of the episode where I was just like, man, just bringing a tear to my eye. But, you know, hats off to Derek for taking action. I mean, he's been in law enforcement for like 30 years. He's, you know, obviously served his communities that he's been in. But to have him and his wife, Tammy, take this on too, it just shows the kind of people that they are first off because they're yeah. amazing people. Um, but also, man, it's just one of those things that the only way that we're really going to make change here is this guy, we have to shed light on it. It has to be out in the open. So Yeah, um, it, is, it is frustrating. I mean, I know you said it brought a tear to your eye. Like, I was angry a lot of it. And I feel like that's good because in order to make people take action, we have to invoke some sort of emotion and anger is a good one to take action. And it's like, yeah. I mean, just, just stop what you're doing right now. Think about taking either a four year old or up to a 12 year old kid and putting them into sex trafficking. Like a four year old, if that doesn't make you angry and make you say, this is really happening like in the U S in my city, we got to start doing something about this. Yeah. And that's one of the great things that having Derek on is, is he left us with a lot of ammo, um, not only with his organization, other organizations. He, you know, he, one of the key things he said is you have to have all these nonprofits working together. Um, so at the end of the episode, he has a bunch of different you know, resources for people and we'll have all those in the show notes. Um, but really this is just, you know, one of those subjects that uh, unfortunately no one likes to talk about. So take action, share this episode with other people because that's how, that's the first step awareness. So um, share this episode on Facebook, share it, you know, uh, on your favorite podcast player, whatever, however you're listening to this, just get out there and take some action because that's what we all need to do. Enjoy the episode. All right. Welcome to another episode of my corner of the universe today. We are excited to have our guest Derek Scott on here from USIAH uh, organization that deals with human trafficking. Derek's going to spread a bunch of incredible information that's going to enlighten a lot of people, open up a lot of eyes to what's going on around the world and very possibly in your city, things that aren't being talked about that need to be talked about. So with that, Derek, how are you doing today? Good. How about you guys? Thank you, Rex. Thank you, Vaden, for having me on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And why don't you um, tell us just a little bit about your service that you are currently still doing? But you've how long have you been serving our country? Uh, almost thirty years, if you include the army. And you were you were a sheriff for a while, though, correct? Yes, yes. I uh, worked for the Mendocino County. Well, first I started at Humboldt County Sheriff's Office in Northern California, and I worked in the jail for a couple of years. And then I got on with Mendocino County Sheriff's Office where I retired in 2015 as a Sergeant. Awesome. Thank you for all those dedicated years. And then you're continuing, but now you've, instead of in the Sheriff's Office, do you work for a campus police? Is that? Yes. Yes. I, I work. Uh, and so in 2015, I took a, a six week vacation after I retired <laughs> and, uh, took a job at the time we were called UNLV PD. So it was the university. And uh, we just combined with a local, uh, another college. So we're now called U university police services. And I've been here now four years. 
So going from the sticks to the big city. Yes. Although Vegas is a lot smaller than you would think once you get here. It's, uh, it's not as big as I thought. You end up meeting people and seeing people and you're like, wow, this, you know, yeah, people come and visit here, but uh, the people that live here, it's, it's actually quite small. Yeah. But comparatively, I mean, Ukiah was how many, do you know how many people were in Ukiah? It was about 20,000. And I felt like I knew almost everyone, um, good and bad, since I ran the sex offender program uh, for eight years, the grant that we had called SAFE. Um, So, you know, part of my job was going out and doing sweeps of sex offenders, making sure they're living where they say they live and that they're registered and so, yeah, so I've been kind of in this field for a while, fighting it. Yeah, and so was that what brought you to the intrigue of getting into human trafficking and trying to figure out how, you know, curbing that and, and raising awareness to that? Well, first, I just want to say I'm going to be a grandpa. Oh, yeah, Com- congratulations. Yes. Coming, yes. March of 2020, I'll be a grandpa. For people that have known me for a long time, like you guys, uh, that's something I've been wanting for a long time. I wanted to be a young grandpa. So, um, so awesome. yeah, my, my oldest son who's married him and his wife are, are due in March. And, um, you know, my wife and I've been married 24 years and we raised three boys. Uh, one of them's in law school in Florida and the other one went and moved with them. Uh, so they could kind of, uh, hang out together in Florida. So uh, it's just me and Tammy here. And, uh, so, yeah, so sorry, I didn't mean to get off, off topic, but <laughs> no, I'm excited out. about You guys are awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so how did, tell us a little bit about the organization and how, how you got connected with it and the big intrigue for you to say, you know what, I'm really going to dedicate myself to helping this, this organization out. So, yeah, so like I said, we moved here roughly uh, four years ago in November. Um, I came first, got, did the job and was working here about five months before my wife came. And, um, I just been working and, and not really doing uh, too much except stuff with church. We go to church LV, um, kind of a big church here. It would be considered a mega church. Um, and we just been doing Bible studies and different things. And, um, and then back, uh, the last weekend of March, um, a guy named Kevin Malone and Jeff Rogers, who were the two co-founders of the U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking, uh, came to our church and uh, was telling us about the Institute and what they do. And, um, and I knew prior that they were coming, so I uh, had done a little research, um, had uh, vetted them um, and spoke to um, via email to Kevin because Kevin, for all the baseball people out there, Kevin's the ex-GM of the Los Angeles Dodgers. So, oh, right. um, so he he actually lives here in in uh, Henderson, where I live, which is just a few minutes outside of Vegas. So they uh, did a presentation at our church, and um, they talked about the thing that just like really got me was. They talked about um, victims and how young they are, and they have an all-boys home in Florida. So, so we are a, a nonprofit, faith-based organization, and, and we're headquartered out of Tampa, Florida. So they came from Florida, although Jeff lives here, or, or excuse me, Kevin lives here. Um, they come to our church, and they were telling us about um, a 10-year-old boy recently going to their all boys safe home so we have the only as far as we know the only all boys safe home in the nation in florida and they were telling me how this they were telling our church of how this boy was trafficked by his father um who trafficked the mom first got pregnant trafficked him from the year of four years old to ten before social services got a hold of them. Oh my gosh. And and when I heard that story, man, you know, you not only do you cry and get upset and pissed off. I mean, if that doesn't piss you off that, you know, a 4-year-old being raped, 
sexually assaulted by a, a grown man, um, then I don't know what would get somebody upset. Um, and so um, our pastor, when they were saying they were looking for a program manager, the pastor kind of knew my prior experiences um, personally and uh, running the sex offender program back in Mendocino County. So he told them that I should uh, be their program manager. So he kind of had me <laughs> stand up, give my name, phone number, email and stuff. It was kind of funny. But then, um, but of course they have to vet us and me and myself. And so um, because Kevin lives here locally, we went to lunch, uh, dinner, him, his wife and his son uh, and my wife and I, and we just talked and he got to learn about us. We got to learn about him. And he said, okay, uh, you know, let's, let's try this. So that was back, uh, in April. Um, Tammy and I got trained the last week of April and then we went on a three week vacation. And so we kind of been running since, uh, pretty much since the beginning of June. And we just basically in three months put a 5k run together and we just had that two weekends ago this this saturday this last saturday that's awesome yeah and that run uh we talked a little bit about that before derek explain that run too that was a, a fundraising run um in las vegas correct yes it was uh in las vegas it was a 5k run slash uh walk um but also we had a one mile um, walk if you had a, a child and or a dog and you kind of wanted to still participate and um, all those funds uh, were here for Vegas for us to just you know start doing all these trafficking free zones which we haven't talked about yet but basically to get this you know going here in Vegas so so it was uh, a great turnout for only having basically eight weeks to promote it, um, we had 120 uh, participants, and um, we had about 40 to 50 volunteers. And um, in the future, though, the 5K run will now be the first Saturday of May every year, and it'll be here and in Tampa and any other states that we get up and running. So it'll be a national thing starting. Cool. We'll uh, put that in our show notes for people. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the nice thing um, when I hear you know about you guys is taking the bull by the horns and running with it is, um, you know, when you're doing an event like that, you're raising money for your guys's, you know, Nevada headquarters, if you will. But also, I mean, talk about an opportunity to be able to just uh, spread awareness. It seems like this is one of those topics that no one likes to really talk about. Um, whether it's the news or when you're talking to people, it is just a very uncomfortable subject. Um, but it's so important that the awareness gets out there because, A, we need to let people know that this could happen to someone that they love. And um, the more aware people are, and then hopefully at some point, you know, we'll go over some things that uh, can help, you know, protect these people but awareness is where it all starts that and that's that's our so our three main components for the u.s institute is combat combating the demand right because without the demand right if you don't have demand then you don't have trafficked victims right so that's the first part is you got to get these males because most of them are males that that purchase this sex these children we need to stop that, right? And then second is raising awareness nationwide because it is an epidemic. It's, it's, it is America's dirty little secret that they don't want to talk about. Um, and then we provide safe environments for victims. Those are our three you know, main components that we um, stand for. And you know, we have, thankfully, the Robert Kraft case, when that came out, that kind of helped us. Um, uh, some some outlets say it may not have been, after all, a human trafficking, but it came out as human trafficking, so that helped. And then the Jeffrey Epstein case now has helped us. But, you know, the Jeffrey Epstein case, that's a prime example of why people don't talk about it. I mean, 
if if he hadn't killed himself, um, who knows how many names of people like right. me and you would be on this list of people committing these type of crimes or at least these sexual incidences, right? So, um, you know, there is obviously you you can purchase sex in a few places here in Vegas. That's why Vegas is somewhat difficult. Um, there are actual brothels here that it's legal, but most people think it's legal on the strip, which is Clark County, and it's not legal. What no matter what, it's illegal. So, um, but I think people tend to fly in here and not think or know, or they claim they don't know that it's illegal. Um, and that's because, you know, the strip really promotes, promotes it. I mean, when right. you, you guys have been on the strip, they have right. trucks that drive by and, you know, say, Hey, call these girls. And unfortunately those girls are probably trafficked. They might not believe they're trafficked, but, uh, you know, their monies are going to somebody. They're probably, they say they're just coming and maybe just going to dinner, but uh, a lot of them are doing other things. So Derek, Derek explain to us, because I think some people might have a hard time grasping exactly the different aspects of what trafficking is. And without obviously going into too much, you know, detail that's inappropriate, like what, what, like you mentioned like girls on in Vegas, like how does that happen? Like what, what, what does that look like? that that the path from this girl getting taken or or i guess um like led to a certain way to end up being a prostitute in vegas basically being trafficked and i'm just using vegas as an example probably could be anywhere but vegas is a good example because of the legality of it there well let's first we'll 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 tie in what is human trafficking right yeah there's a lot of people that basically human trafficking's umbrella and then Everything falls under that. You have labor trafficking, you have sex trafficking, right? So human trafficking is modern day slavery and involves the use of force, fraud, or coercion to obtain some type of labor or commercial sex acts. So that's per the Department of Homeland Security, right? So that that's human trafficking. Then you got sex trafficking that occurs when force, fraud, coercion is used to cause a commercial sex act with an adult. Now, for someone under the 18, just force, fraud, or coercion need not be present. Just them being under the age of 18 and a commercial sex act occurs, that's definition sex trafficking. So if you're under 18, period, and, and you are, are there, you're, you're told some sort of um, coercion, fraud, or force, or just a commercial sex act, that's, that's going to be sex trafficking. So a lot of times these um mostly it is mostly women but i but uh, or girls but uh, you know there is a a percentage of males that that are trafficked as well we don't want to leave the boys out because they are trafficked as well um and um and basically they when they're um sorry losing my train of thought there um so they are a lot of times they come from broken homes. They come from the um, child welfare service, ch child social services, or foster care system. Like sixty to seventy percent of trafficked children come from wow. that arena. So, so these these guys, mostly guys. There are women that also, you know, bring and mostly that's human trafficking, right? But these these guys exploit these children. They, they, they see that they're lacking in whatever way they're lacking. They get them to start, they start telling them like, Hey, you know, like they're homeless, right? Homeless, a big, big problem youth here in Vegas. So they know they're homeless. So they'll just drive up and down the street, talk to a homeless person, start getting them and say, Hey, I could give you a place to stay, right? Just start and start building that rapport with them. Hey, I'll give you a place to stay. So they're like, oh man, I'd love a place to stay. Well, then once they get them there, 
then they start offering them other things once they start building that rapport with them and get them to eventually start having sex with people. And when they're having sex, it's not just like one time a day. It's 10 to 15 times a day. I mean, it's like multiple times. Wow. And, and then they're not getting, they may be getting some of the money, but most of the time these pimps are going to take their money from them and, and basically tell them, Hey, you're working for me, but Hey, I'm giving you food and I'm giving you a place to stay. And so they kind of agree with that. And, and, you know, and so because they're under 18, just that alone makes it illegal. But again, these, these kids, they're homeless. They're, you know, having problems. Maybe they're into drugs. They have no money. They have no food. And they think this is a way out. And unfortunately, they get in it and then they feel like they can't get out. Yeah, I was going to say, I imagine drugs have got to play a significant role. You know, if it's someone and they're, they're very predatory and trying to persuade someone, they bring into their house, a homeless person, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, here's some whatever, heroin or weed or coke or whatever the drug is just to get them addicted. Because, you know, once you have them addicted to that drug, then you kind of control them also in a, in a separate round. You know, you change the chemical balance in their head of needing this drug and you can control them that way too. Yeah, and, and a, commercial, a definition of a commercial sex act is identified by the exchange of anything of value. So that could be money, drugs, food, clothing, shelter, right? And, and then for a sexual act. So any of those things that they offer make that a commercial sex act. And that's what they do. They offer them, you know, just little stuff. And so if you guys have never seen the movie Priceless, um, mm. it's the music for King and Country. The brother made a movie. It's called uh, Priceless. It's about um, human trafficking, sex trafficking. I suggest to see it because you'll just see some of the things that they they do to get people into this field. Gosh, is the problem worse than it used to be, Derek? I could see maybe with technology, it makes it easier from a predatory standpoint, but also I would think for law enforcement to a certain extent would make it easier to break some of this up. Is, is that kind of equal out or is it continue just to get worse? Well, you know that all those years I ran the sex offender program, I didn't, I don't really recall like human trafficking cases. Um, and I thought that that was bad. Um, it's definitely on the rise. Um, it, it is a hundred and billion dollar industry worldwide. So the difference with the sexual abuse, right? You're not, you, when you molest your son, daughter, family member, you're not getting any money for that. For this, you're second, this is second to basically drugs and arms. They're selling these people. Um, and so, yeah, it is on the rise. Um, and it is getting worse. And, and, and people are making a lot of, lot of money. They can make $4,000 to $50,000 per person traffic wow. In, wow. in a year. Like, I mean, that's just, I, I mean, so can you imagine if you have five girls and you're making 50000 a year, and that's, that's a couple hundred thousand you're making and you're not even working. The, the, the victims are doing all the work and you're collecting all the money. So wow. each so, each girl you're saying could bring in fifty thousand dollars each, and then uh, the the person that quote unquote owns that girl is the beneficiary of you know in your example five different girls work they're making quarter of a million dollars from basically the work that these girls are doing and boys and boys not forget- yes right. yes I, I mean I know it's mostly girls right but it is it is boys as well. And I mean, that's, that's why we have a boys safe home because, um, and they're getting younger and younger. The average age is 12 to 14 years old that, um, that these boys or girls, um, are being trafficked. And that's just an average, right? Cause some are younger, like the boy we had in our safe home starting at four and then some are older, but the average age is between 12 and 14. So their teenage years when, you know, they should be learning other stuff. Um, they're, they're being, you know, exploited for in, in this. And, um, 
and it needs to stop, right? It needs to stop. But that's, a, that's a lot of this is done through networks. I mean, with the Epstein thing, it seemed like it was all, you know, it wasn't just like some guy doing this off on his own. It seems like these are people that are working um, in, in a larger group to be able to, you know, traffic or move the, the children or, or the people, if you will. It, it, it's happening. I mean, so many different ways. It's, it's parents like us three just deciding that we're going to sell our kids. Right. Then it's those people that do, you know, take, have like that white van and grab kids and take them. Um, and then there's the ones that think they're going to just become a model or something. And they, think they're contacting an agency and then they're not really who the agency's not really who they say they are. So it, there's no set way of getting these. Gotcha. In any yeah. of these people, to be honest with you. That's they a just, real, it's a real thing, right? The model agency. I've heard about that where it's like, you know, models or actors or something where they put out ads and, and these, you know, young kids, you know, you know, te- young teenage kids aspiring to be models or, or actors or actresses call up and then is it, is that that's a real thing where then they coerce them or they kidnap them? Well, so they, 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 so most people, no, most kids nowadays kind of know, Hey, right. I, if someone touches me, that's wrong. Right. So these people have to build a trust and it could take them six months to a year to kind of groom them, right? So they might be, you know, getting them food, housing, and different stuff, right? But then it's all, uh, it's all of them manipulating them and, and exploiting their vulnerabilities as they're talking with them. They're finding out, oh, I don't have my mom or dad, or I don't have this, I don't have that, I've been homeless, um, whatever. And then that's when they start you know, and then of course, then it'll turn into force, threats, some sort of lies, coercion, um, and then they're. But at that point, if they're telling them, "Hey, I know who your parents are. I know who your brothers are. I know who your family is," and if you don't do what I say, I'm going to kill them. Uh, so they don't know where to go. So they they tend to, you know stay with them because they're that scared that something else is going to happen to them or someone they know. So a lot of times these um, perpetrators will have these girls for and boys for so long that they could go out somewhere to a restaurant and you wouldn't even know that it's not like they're tied up. Not, not everybody's tied up and in a safe lock, you know, like a locked up room. Um, Sometimes they're just out and about because they built that trust, but the, they're, they're just still too scared to come forward or tell or report it when they are at a restaurant or they're at a gas station or whatever, where you think they could just take off and run and be safe. They don't think that that's the, for them, they don't feel that that's the right move. So they, they tend to not um, just leave because of all the threats that you know they might show them pictures of their families or whatever so they've 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 gotten in their mind and have worked them over so much that they just are too scared to get out crazy it's it's this whole i mean i am going a little rant i feel like the conversation is frustrating which it should be for most people listening to it too um we can get we can wrap our minds around drug trafficking right you know not that we condone it but you can wrap your minds around that or guns trafficking right but human trafficking, like taking, you know, as young as a four-year-old or younger or the average age of, what did you say, 12 to 14, and a, a human being, a human life, and looking at that human life as it's nothing but a commodity for you to sell, um, it's just such a vile, disturbing act. Uh, Derek, is, is that why we don't see it? Like if you turned on CNN, Fox News, any of these mainstream media news channels, they don't talk about this. Is it because it it's just, it would depress people and that that's the excuse. Why do you think, or is it just that it's so vile that, that we like to think that we're better than that? What's the reason why we don't see this everywhere? I think it's because it's America's, like I said before, America's dirty little secret. I think, I think there are probably so many people 
in all walks of life that are doing this that I, I just don't know why they don't talk about it, to be honest with you. I mean, um, I don't know why they don't talk more about it. I know that there's, you know, some churches don't like to talk about sexual stuff, you know, right? But more churches are now coming forward. Um, when we spoke with Robert from SOS Radio, he was saying, you know, radio stations, you know, they got to kind of be careful how they promote it. But he was able to promote the 5K but then still talking about this in a way that didn't freak people out. Cause I think parents will get freaked out, but they should be freaked out because it can happen to any of us. It can happen to any of our children. Um, and it can happen just a snap of a finger, unfortunately. And I, I, I'm hoping, you know, other nonprofits to include ourselves will talk more about it. And the more that we're, um, for example, this proclamation that the city of Henderson is doing on Wednesday, that's going to let a bunch of people know because there will be media there. Um, so the key is just raising the awareness. We have to make it in a normal where it's normal conversation, because if we don't, then it's just going to keep getting pushed under the rug. And I noticed that when the news does uh, kind of talk about it you know they'll they'll reference the human trafficking side of things but it seems like they steer away from the the side of it which is i think you quoted 70 percent of the human trafficking is is children and they definitely don't want to touch that with the 10-foot pole and it just seems like that's the center of the issue when it, when when i'm being a parent and i'm looking at this issue and i'm saying that this huge percentage of children. I mean, you sent us stats on this and every single stat that you sent us is just mind boggling. How many children go missing every single day? How many children are missing every single year? And to think what these sick people are doing with this, these children is just so horrible that because of the severity of it, it does need to be on the forefront of what people are talking about so we can put an end to it. I mean, like you said, it's growing. That's horrible. Yeah, the 60 to 70% was traffic children that come from the social services. Okay. That's where the 60 to 70. But so some stats, we got 15, 15% of all men purchase sex in America. Wow. Right? 15%. Wow. 85% of those sold in sex slavery were abused as children. So, so somehow these people are able, like I say, exploit their vulnerabilities, right? And, and, and find these people where 85% of them were abused as children, right? And then 90% of victims, this one, this one needs to change. And I'm, I'm hoping it, it will, but 90% of victims, they're arrested that are arrested for selling sex and only 10% of the buyers are arrested. Wow. Yeah. That so, stat jumped out at me. Uh, why? I mean, after these people are arrested, it, that seems like the opportunity for them to be able to, uh, you know, get away if you will. Well, so I know here in um, Nevada, they, they, ha they have started some legislative where they're going to try to go more after the buyers. Um, so yes, I, I think um, I think a lot of times police want to, you know, when they the easy the easy arrest is getting this prostitute, for example. Um, you you wouldn't necessarily probably arrest someone if you found out they were being trafficked, right? But um, be, because you'd be able to pull them out of that, right? But um, it, it's just it's not like we're they're able to save you know hundreds of kids every day. We are seeing cases where they are saving children, which is that's that's our goal is by doing these stings and catching is getting these children out of there. But for the prostitution part, um, it, it's just easy for the police to, to charge this prostitute because a lot of times the prostitute doesn't really want to tell who might be working with them. Um, and again, it's that fear um that they've instilled in these women for so long that if they were to say who their pimp was they would be dead tomorrow or when they'd be dead as soon as they're released by the police so we, they we're trying we were hoping they'll flip per se right um where 
you arrest them and then they'll flip on the on the uh, pimps and then hopefully we can find the buyers but unfortunately that's not happening as uh, as much as i personally would like it to happen um and again that's the fear right but 90 percent of the women that want to get out of prostitution they can't they simply because they feel trapped or they don't know how so although they're doing the doing those acts they really want out but some of them have been in it for so long they just don't know how. So it seems like that's part of where the awareness needs to be too. I mean, obviously the public needs to be aware, but it seems like developing a way to be able to help these people that feel like they're trapped. And I don't know what that looks like. Obviously I'm just, you know, when I hear that, I'm like, gosh, how can we help these people? Right. Right. And that, and you know, and that we have, there are a lot of, uh, in Vegas, there are several, places here in town that will take on human trafficking victims, uh, prostitute victims and all that. And so we try to work alongside with them, right? Cause this is the key is you, you need to try to work with as many uh, nonprofits as you can um, to fight this battle. And if they're already doing something good, then we just want to come alongside them and, and assist them or help them in any, any way we can as well. Mm-hmm. So Derek, let's say, I'm a dad of a 12-year-old girl, kind of the prime demographic. What technology do I need to keep an eye out for, for my daughter not to be on? What apps do I need to look out for? What general tips do you have to give to the parent? Because I imagine, you know, let's, I mean, like you said, obviously a lot comes from the foster system, but, but if you're a parent and you're concerned about this, what, what precautionary measures do you suggest parents take to help, help prevent this from ever happening to their children? Well, first of all, they just, I don't mean to be mean, but a lot of parents nowadays, they want to, they, they want to be your friend, right? They, they, they don't want the kids mad at them. Um, so you need to be a parent, right? You're not there to be their friend. I know this is going to upset some of your viewers, and <laughs> listeners, um, but they, they need to, they need to be on their kids' phones. Um, you know, back when I was, doing the sex offender programs and all that. Um, you know, my main goal was just getting my kids to be 18 and not, and not be molested. Right. Because it was going on so rampant. It was like, okay, I just want to protect everybody. So I didn't let my kids stay anywhere, but also I put, um, an app on my younger son because some of these apps you can only do if they're underage. So I had an app, um, and to be honest with you, I researched and researched. I cannot remember the app name that I used a couple years ago. Um, but basically I could see all the phone calls he made and all the texts that he sent out. Um, the app was on his phone. I didn't hide it. They, they do make it where you don't have to tell them. You can just put the app on their phone and they don't know. Um, but I let them know. I said, this is on there and I want to read. And I would yeah, read. Yeah, that's the- probably smart. That's setting up for a massive fight. Hey, so I saw you texted uh, yeah. Donnie this. What? How did you see that text? Well, I put some spyware on your phone. <laughs> you're in the bathroom taking a shower and now I can read all your texts. Definitely so, better to be upfront about that, you know, just to prevent that fight down the road. Well, I mean, the thing is, is I, I thought, me personally, I thought, okay, if I tell him it's on there, he's going to be careful with what he texted. Yeah. Sure. Uh, unfortunately, he still wrote whatever he wanted to. And so I would see it and I would have to read it and, and cringe at times on some of the things that I'm reading. Now, now mo- m- most every app, you will not get the pictures that people send because if they send something that is a child, right, it's a naked mm, picture right. of somebody, now you're in possession of child porn. So, so most of these apps, you're not if not all of them or you won't be able to see pictures per se. Um, and I mean, you, you could go to your phone, their phone, if they received it and you can see it on their phone, if they've received it. But as far as you duplicating their phone, you won't get pictures. So, um, but these, these technology apps, there's a lot out there, um, that, you know, there's, uh, I'm going to go to a page and, and tell you some of these, um, now, the, this is some 15 apps that the parents should know about. And this, this is coming from um, Pasco, 
or I'm sorry, Saratoga County Sheriff's Office in Florida. Okay. So I haven't, you know, I don't go over all these. I haven't, some of them I never even heard of. We can, you sent this, you sent this image to us so we can put this image in the show notes for everyone. Yeah, we'll put this in there too. Yeah. Yeah. But real quick, a couple of these I have heard of, I've heard of WhatsApp and I actually, I actually have that on my phone because sometimes with my workout partners, we can send a video of our workouts through WhatsApp and it's clear. So, um, but, um, and then grinder, I just have heard of that. I've never used it or anything that Snapchat. A lot of people use that. Right. Um, but a lot, all the rest of these meet me, bumble, live me. Calculator. Yeah. Calculator percent or whatever. I don't know. Holla. Uh, if that's how you pronounce it. Um, K I K whisper. I mean, you know, they should read these. They should, you know, after listening to this, they should go to where you posted and, and, um, and look at these and just see if those apps are on their children's phones. Cause you know, the thing is, is not everything's just in the dark web. Some of it's just right there handy. But the problem is these kids tell their parents, you're not looking at my phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had, I've, I've literally had parents tell me they think there's a problem and we'll, I'll be at the house and I'll be like, okay, get me your son's daughter's phone. They'll hand me the phone, but they're like, I don't know the password. My wife knows the password to my phone. Right. Right. I mean, yep. you should know the password to your kid's phones. Um, until they hit 18, you know, it's, it's yours. You're paying the bill. They're not. And you have to let them know that, Hey, I'm just trying to protect you. I don't want you to get taken. I don't want, you know, and so, you know, you're going to see and hear things that you might not want to hear. Um, but you have to be involved. And, uh, unfortunately a lot of these kids who get trafficked are coming, like I said, from, the child social services or foster care. So they might not have a mom and a dad or, or they just have a foster parent and maybe they think that foster parents don't care, but a shout out to foster care people out there that do take them in because, you know, you're taking in, you know, a lot of times troubled kids, right. Or so. I mean, you talk um, about even even more of a godsend, a good foster parent could be when you look at those stats of how many kids in that system get into human trafficking. And then you look at the foster parents who are doing an excellent job and raising the kids the right way. It's like, gosh, you're not just like, you're, you're saving that child in so many different ways. I mean, this was something I, this was something I read today. Um, It kind of hit me. I was like, Wow, it makes sense. I mean, I'm not trying to get political. We're not political either way, right? If you're a Democrat or a Republican or independent, we don't care at the U.S. Institute, right? We're not about any of the sides. But but they were talking about in this article, they were talking about the debate and how the commentators, they were bringing up some good pertinent issues, right? But not not any of the debates has anyone seriously ask the question on why human trafficking, you're right. Nothing about human trafficking. What are they going to do for human trafficking? Nothing, nothing in any of the debates has anything come up. And I I mean, again, no one wants to talk about it, but as American and world leaders, we can no longer afford to ignore this flight of, you know, of slaves around the world. And, and it's in our home. It's not, a lot of times people think this is overseas. I mean, that's why Kevin got involved. Kevin Malone, when in 2006, he did go overseas to another country and saw this and then came home and then slowly uh, started a different um, nonprofit and started working to, to try to fight this since 06. Um, but, but this only became a federal law in the year 2000. Wow. Right? So... And that's the Trafficking Victims Protection Act of 2000. And that was in October. Um, and wow. so we, you know, 18 years now, 19 years, I mean, we're kind of way, I would have thought that's something they would have been fighting a long time. So, you know, and um, so I, I just, I just hope that more and more politicians, and that's part of what we do, um, not me, but 
Kevin uh, Malone and Jeff Rogers, they about every six weeks or so are in Washington, D.C., trying to talk to the, you know, the political people there to to get this to stay in the forefront of people's minds. Um, because when it, if, if it's not affecting you, you're just not going to care. Right. You know? Um, and, uh, and unfortunately, you know, I mean, I personally, uh, you know, I didn't get involved because I was knew someone that had personally been trafficked, although I do now, um, it was just due to some things from me growing up and then running this sex mentor program for so many years and seeing all that, that it was time, it was just time to, you know, and then now the kids being out of the house, it was time for Tammy and I to do something else besides just, you know, working at church and doing Bible studies, which is awesome. And we're going to continue that, but I wanted to kind of fight this fight. Um, and so that's, you know, that's what we're doing. Yeah. And one thing you said right there is you feel like, and I think you're hundred percent right is that people feel like they, they don't care unless it affects them directly, but look at the stats. Like it affects everybody directly there's there's probably one to two degrees of separation between somebody that you know that knows someone who's been human trafficked it's it's insane even if there wasn't that separation it's in your community it's all around all of us um so take action yeah if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't you've you've kind of turned a blind eye to it because it's a tough subject take action sometimes it's easy as, as like a 5k that derek did i know um, in Chico here, there's a, another group called A21 that they're going to do a walk in October. I mean, a walk, like literally on a Saturday, if that's all you can do, show up for a walk or a 5k, you know, pay your fee, entry fee, whatever you got to do, support it, be a body there. I mean, just start the step to, to making a change. And, and with, and with A21, um, I'm, I'm doing that, um, on October. It is, um, the second, um, I'd have to look at my calendar. I believe the 18th or 19th of October. Yes. And so we're, we are going to participate in that. We're going to have a booth. Um, I, uh, have spoken to the, the gal that runs a 21 Las Vegas. Um, again, another nonprofit trying to fight the fight. Right. So we right. all try to reach out together. Yeah. So yes, like you said, a run, a walk, a just, and that right there is a simple thing. You come out and you just walk and, and, you know, show your presence. Um, and, and that's how you can, you know, show your support because believe it or not, you do know people, they may not have come out and told you, um, just like sexual abuse. A lot of times people don't tell for a long, long, long time. Um, or they never tell. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's going to be these people that have been trafficked um, and abused and they're, and you're, they could be your friend, your neighbor, someone at your church, someone in your Bible study group, and they just haven't come forward. But then the minute you start talking about it, now they have an ally with you and they'll maybe talk to you about it privately. And now you'll know, right? So, yeah. And it could be just sharing, you know, this podcast or sharing the links on Facebook from this, you know, there's lots of ways that you can take action. And so, you know, some people might not have money to donate and, but there's the awareness piece that we kind of talked about at the beginning. And that is just, we, we need to start having this more of a, as a conversation because um, it's such a major issue. Yeah. So, so two, two things, um, cause I want to make sure I talk about the trafficking free zones. Cause that's, yeah, most, please do. that's, that, that's our, you know, our main goal right now, but on the support part, the first thing anybody can do is if they're a, if they pray, if they're, you know, not everybody on this podcast is going to be a church goer. Right. But start praying for all the, the victims out there. Um, even pray, believe it or not, we want to pray for all the buyers out there that they'll stop. Right. Because right. we are a, a, a faith-based organization. We do want them to stop and we do do a, what's called a computer bot where we, we talk to them and, and we actually have a website that they can go to. And we've actually had 14,000 sex buyers visit the get help button on our, where we wow. do these, where we do these um, computer bots. So, I mean, we want people to get help 
and usually it starts with porn. So if you have a porn addiction, we want them to, you know, there are websites that you can contact and get help. So, but pray, pray for everybody, right? That's first thing. Then second, you can go to the, the to www.usiaht.org. You can click and just subscribe to our emails. Let's say you don't have money, but you want to at least kind of know what we're doing or what we're about. So you could subscribe to us and get a monthly email or anytime we have something that's going on, they'll send out, I think it's a couple a month or at least once a month. And then we have what's a 30 day campaign. And all that is, is basically you for 35 bucks. And listen, we make no money off of this, but for 35 bucks, you get a shirt that says us Institute on the front. Right. And then, um, and then a saying on the back. So you get a shirt, you get a, a wrist, a little, you know, those little wrist things that people wear to support the different, um, the little wristband, little wristband, right? Yeah. So, and you get a bumper sticker, a little, um, um, magnet, bumper magnet, and then you get some information. We, we give out a couple things. You, you get a prayer calendar for a month and you get a calendar of a, of events you can do yourself. And basically what it is, is like on day one, you, you watch a website from the Department of Homeland Security on human trafficking, just to give you, because some people that are listening to this are like, I didn't even know this existed, right? There are those people that are right. that just don't have TV, don't pay attention, whatever, and don't know. So, so, and every day there's a new thing that they have you do, whether it's, um, whether it's, uh, calling some you know going out and handing out some flyers or because they give you some flyers in there and and basically it's getting from your head to your heart from these daily activities right and 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 then maybe from that people will want to volunteer so then you can volunteer locally with someone that's trying to fight the fight right make sure you vet them and make sure they're right because there are some out there that maybe are are not really trying to fight the fight. So, so just bet the people, make sure they're legitimate, like the A21 we were talking about and stuff. Right. And I, I tell people all the time, bet us, check out right. our website, bet us. Right. Don't just think cause I'm a cop and I'm telling you I'm helping this. I mean, you got to bet yourself. Right. So, and then lastly, you can give financially. We actually have a, if you want to give specifically, cause you guys know me, right. This is going to, um, I'll be, throwing this out there later on to all the people that know me. So we, we have a drop down screen that you can actually click under the donate part that says trafficking free zone, Las Vegas. So if you want the monies to stay here in Las Vegas, you click that. If you want to give, so it goes to the, the main organization. You just click on, on the main trafficking free zone. You can give monthly, you can give one time fee, Whatever you guys want to do, right? Anybody can can give. So so those are some ways. Um, and then lastly, about the trafficking free zone. So this that's kind of what my main goal's been um, since I started back in you know April is is going around to businesses, to churches, to law enforcement, to government, um, healthcare, and trying to get them to make their place of business or any of those entities, I, the church, a trafficking free zone. And what that is, is it's, it's three simple steps. One, they do a proclamation. So anybody can do this. As a matter of fact, um, you can now go on the U.S. Institute portal and actually make yourself a trafficking free zone. So you can basically tell people, hey, I'm not going to put up with this and I'm going to fight the fight. So, so you sign a proclamation, right? And that's saying what trafficking looks like, right? As an organization, we're going to stand against it. And then we get all your employees trained with the one hour awareness training specifically to that employee base. So if it's a church, we have for the church, if it's a business, we have for the business, for law enforcement, we have five 20 minute law enforcement videos. They're already in there for nurses. We have a specific one for nurses, right? And so it's we're telling you what it is, what it looks like, and how to identify potential victims and where to report it. At the end of this, I'll give you the, the 800 number um, to the National 
human hotline. Perfect. Um, and then, and then if you also, you know, we let people know if they're addicted to sex, to porn or anything like that, some resources. Then we, we ask for a zero tolerance policy. Some places have policies, some don't. But if it's a place that has a policy, then we just ask them to put it in their HR handbook and ask them to mm -hmm. implement a zero tolerance policy against sex buying or sex trafficking activities. Right. And, 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 and from a business standpoint, you want your business, you want the people to know because there are, there's stats out there that show that, that men tend, I, I, I don't right, offhand have uh, the percentage um, on me, but there was a stat out there where men at two o'clock PM, they call or order whatever they're going to purchase for the night. So, hmm. so for some reason at 2 PM, when we did these computer bots and we've had, and there people are talking to these uh, bots, right. And, and, and we're collecting this data. The data showed that at 2 PM, these people are purchasing for the evening. Right. So at 2 PM, most people are at work. So they're, so if you own a business, oh crazy, right? Yeah, they're calling from work time, using work time hours to order this, and then there's, and then there's another another stat. Sorry, my snooze button was going off. Um, and then <laughs> there's a stat where the women are actually coming to your place of business and least meeting there, right? So they're meeting this person that they are going to then meet later on in the evening. So not only if you do own a business where a lot of men work at, <laughs> you have people coming there while work hours and they're ordering while work hours. Right. So, but so when we get all these different areas working together, so I'll, I'll give you an example. So let's say I'm a buyer, right? <clears throat> Since most buyers are white male adults um, that are have children and that are married in between like 35 and 55. Um, so, so let, since I work at Nevada state right now as an officer out there, but let's just say I work there as a professor and let's say I go, I've been working out there for a couple of years and I get to work. Um, and, um, all of a sudden my HR person, Eric comes up to me and says, Hey, we just added this. We just implemented a zero tolerance policy. I need you to read this and sign it. So I read it. I see that it has to do with sex buying and sex trafficking activities. So I sign it. So in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, I wonder if they know what I'm right. doing, right? Mm -hmm. so, then I, so then I leave and I get home and I get home and one of my children come home since my younger son went to Coronado High School here. I'll just pick them. So my son or daughter gets home from school and says, Hey dad, today we had uh, Derek Scott in there and he, he taught us about what human trafficking is, what to look for, how to be safe um, and stuff like that. And now my mind's really racing. I'm like, Oh my gosh, now the school knows. Right. <laughs> so, then on, so then on Sunday I go to church LV where I, cause I'm still a Christian man. I still go to church. Right. But it's a sin and I'm sinning, but I still go to church. And all of a sudden, Benny Perez, Pastor Perez from the pulpit or whatever, mentions human trafficking. He mentions that we're a trafficking free zone church. Um, and so now the walls are slowly, you know, coming together. They're caving in. And then all of a sudden, like this Wednesday, the city, city of Henderson, I think that's on your guys' end. Maybe. Yeah, sorry. It was on my microphone. <laughs> city of Henderson is going to claim a trafficking free zone. So now that's going to hit the news. So I might watch on the news that the city of Henderson's going to be fighting this fight and calling it a trafficking free zone. Right. So all these entities are just hitting me left and right all over. And then all of a sudden maybe something to do with government, right. will say that they want to do something with trafficking free zone. Pretty, pretty much I'm going to want to stop. Yeah, that's if a great not, example. Yeah. If not, I'm going to want to move, right? So maybe somewhere where they're not fighting it, I guess. But, but, and that's why I use that um, scenario. Is that's, I mean, I, people can understand that and and get it that 
if all of them are firing on those cylinders, all the different entities at once. But again, in order to do that, you have to become a trap team free zone. And it's free, by the way. It, there's no cost to you. It is free. We come in, you do the proclamation, we, we do a media shout out or some sort of uh, media, you know, whether it's um, from our U.S. Institute or whatever, right? Then we get you trained on things to look for. And, and that, that's how simple it is. And then if, if these businesses or these individuals or anybody want to participate financially with us, great. If they want to partner with us financially, you know, in a partnership, they can, they don't have to, right? We don't require that at all. Um, we just want to partner with you at least with the trafficking free zone, right? Just so everybody is fighting this fight together. Yeah. That's a, that's a really great example. Thanks there for sharing all that and, and really painting a picture on, like you said, from the very beginning, stopping the buyer and stopping the cycle and showing how, how important it is every aspect of it, you know, every aspect from learning about it in school to the, the, the trafficking free zone at work to at church to all aspects of their life and how just little bits here and there can really change the perspective um, and just get someone to say, hey, maybe this, I'm doing something wrong. I really need to, to change what I'm doing here. So um, what's a good resource? You want to, you, if people have listened to this podcast, they want to learn more, they want to help out, they want to donate. Is USIAHT.org the best place for them to go to? Yes, USIAHT.org. And then if they, if they need to, they want to call me or they want to email me, uh, my phone number is 707-272-4652. And then um, my email is dscott at usiaht.org. And knowing, knowing Derek for quite a while, I mean, if you listen to this podcast and maybe you were a buyer or are a buyer and you need help, Derek's not going to judge you. You know, he's going to be someone who's going to help you out or you are somebody who wants to help out in your city to help out with a, with a walk or a run or something or just get more information. He's going to be the one to help you out or you've been trafficked before and you need to tell somebody to start your healing process. Derek's going to be the one to, to help you out. Um, yeah, I just really appreciate you putting that information out there, Derek, for people. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you guys because without you guys, you know, promoting this, calling us and asking us to do this, which when I saw the, you know, the request on Facebook, man, I was totally honored. Tammy was honored. And uh, like I say, she wanted to be on here as well. But, you know, I was like, okay, uh, she just was getting off work. And so, um, but she asked me to be on here. But we both were honored because we have known you guys for a long time. And um, so we were definitely, definitely honored to be on here. Well, obviously, just want to thank you. Not only for what you're doing currently, but, you know, your service that you provided over the last 30 years has been, you know, uh, you can just tell that you have a big heart for helping people. And, you know, that's exactly what an organization like this needs is someone, A, with your background, but also, I mean, gosh, Vaden just sums up perfect. I mean, if people out there need help, here's a, a great guy, a great resource that you can turn to. So, um, I know this was a tough subject to kind of to go over for people, but like we said, we need to start having these conversations. This is important. Much this needed. we need to, you know, we, we started this podcast to showing people that are making a difference in the world and Derek's a perfect example, but we all need to make our own little changes in our own little universe so we can stop this horrific thing that is human trafficking. Yeah. Yes. Go for it, Derek. I, I was just going to say, we, um, I don't know if you want to um, post the hotline number, but I, but I want to give the National Human Trafficking Hotline. Please do. Give, because, post it also. Because, yeah, yeah, because this is the thing. You might not feel comfortable calling me because I'm a stranger and I don't know. So you, if you see something, say something. Um, that's, that's big. You, know? you, you might see something that you think trafficking once you start learning about this, but if you don't say anything, then then you might not have been able to help someone. So the National Human Trafficking Hotline is 
888-373-7888. So that's 888-373-7888. And they're there to help you. They're there to get the information and they'll be able to tell you, they'll be able to help and depending where you're at, right? Because this is going to go all over. So wherever you're at, they can get someone to help. Perfect. Awesome. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Derek, man. Appreciate you. Love you, brother. Yeah. Everything that you're yep. doing. Um, we will talk soon. Maybe we'll do an update podcast down the road as maybe as your next 5k gets 20,000. Yeah. People. That sounds like a good idea. Um, yeah. And for all, yeah. You guys, all you guys listen to the podcast, you know, if you like this episode, if you want to hear more episodes of people doing incredible things in the world, make sure you hit that subscribe button, subscribe to our podcast, keep us posted uh, on our Facebook page. Stay connected that way. We'll post uh, all these different links on there as well, as well as the show notes. So with that, once again, Derek, man, I really, really appreciate it. And uh, thanks a lot for coming on the, the show. Thank you. If you liked today's episode, you can find more information at mycorneruniverse.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you. Thank you.